This episode of Mike's on Mike was recorded prior to Sheriff T.K. Waters announcing that they were ending the contract with Armor Correctional Healthcare. The change came after the state announced in the story for the tributary that it had opened an investigation into Armour because of the healthcare provider being convicted in the death of an inmate in Milwaukee in 2022. Border law prohibits cities from contracting with vendors convicted of a crime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike's on Mike. This is episode number three. And if you weren't with us for the first two, the first one we talked about the mayor's inauguration. The second one we talked about the city council. Today we're going to talk about the sheriff's department and crime in general in the city of Jacksonville. Sheriff Waters recently did a town hall where he invited the public in to listen to a presentation that he put together, along with the undersheriff and a couple of others who were there, to talk about the changes that he would like to make in the sheriff's department now that uh, now that he is entrenched in his position uh, and is in a position of being able to make those changes. The town hall was very good. Uh, he spoke very well. The people were engaged. And uh, I think, for the most part, he came up with some ideas that were pretty good, if not, a little vague. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Mike uh, Tolbert, uh, who watched this very carefully and took a lot of notes, and let him go ahead and introduce some of what the sheriff talked about. Mike, why don't you go ahead? Well, I, Mike, Mike, I think you're absolutely right about the vagueness. But first, I, I want to talk about that it was a big departure from the way that the sheriff campaigned mm-hmm. last fall. If you recall, he was almost like a, a candidate in a closet. Uh, he didn't get exposed. They, 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 they limited where he went. They limited who he talked to. Uh, he didn't talk to the media hardly at all. And so you kind of thought that would be the way he would govern. This town hall was totally opposite from that. Uh, since he's been elected, he's been out in public. He's been, not, he's been out meeting with people and talking about stuff. So I think that's important. I also remember that during that campaign, he was towing the party line. He was he was going to follow on to what Williams had done and Rutherford had done before him. On the other side of that, you had Lakeisha Burton running for sheriff, and Lakeisha was talking about community policing, getting out of the cars, meeting the neighbors, going to schools, going to businesses, yep. walking the streets. And he, he didn't buy into that until about, oh, I don't know, a short distance before the He started, his team figured out that's what people wanted. They wanted to hear change. So now you fast forward and you had this town hall meeting, which, again, I don't recall Williams or Rutherford ever doing anything like that. They may have, and I missed it, but I don't recall that. And that was a big departure, again, from the way he campaigned. And I thought, like you, he did a good job. He proved he's not afraid to talk to people. Uh, he w- didn't get in a hurry. At the end, they had questions that had been written out by audience people. He took every question. I don't know that he answered it as I would have or what I wanted to hear necessarily, but he answered every question. And then when they told him it was time to cut it off, he took another question. He said he wanted to take another mm-hmm. question. So it was it was unique. But But make no mistake. Uh, in my opinion, it was it was a uh, my observation. Excuse me, my observation. It was a big commercial uh, for the sheriff and, and 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 for the police department, the JSO. 
It was a paid commercial for JSO to seek more money. Um, and that's exactly what happened. There were a lot of programs talked about, a lot of new policies. But there are some who think it was kind of like putting lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. And we don't know yet how you're going to bring down crime. Um, you know, Mayor, Mayor Deegan submitted a budget that had $573 million in it for the sheriff next year. Uh, that's a big increase, and it included 40 new officers, and it included uh, pay raises. Now, you take that and put it on top of what Mayor Curry did. When Curry became mayor in 2015, the budget for the sheriff's department was a little under $400 million. Right. When Curry left, it was over $500 million. So you take all that, and you add what, what Mayor Deegan has just proposed, that's a lot of money. And I think people are at the point, they want to support the police. They want public safety. They want to be safe in their homes and in their streets. But I think before they spend all this money, they also want to know where we, why, what are, where are the standards? Where are the benchmarks? How are we going to know that things are getting better? Show us, and then maybe we'll give you some money. Yeah, I, I, Mike, it kind of goes back to uh, something that uh, you and I heard Mayor Payton talk about. That which gets measured gets done. And, uh, you know, on those numbers, uh, you know, from the, the 203, 202 budget, uh, Curry uh, added $40 million. Uh, Mayor Deegan has put 33 for uh, 40, 40 new cops. Uh, and with all due respect, the, the, uh, the sheriff says he wants 216 more. Um, I, I the, there's a lot of money out there. Um, the other thing, and I just have to put this out there, um, you know, come November is his one anniversary in the office. And, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with everything that you said. He was forthcoming. It was a, uh, it was a great public, uh, town meeting. I've never seen that from the sheriff's office department. You got to give him kudos for that. But I would also from what I talked to one of one of the donors from his from his campaign said, uh, well, I'm interested to see what his first year report card is going to look like. So, you know, when you kind of think about that, he started out with 40, 40 million back in November of 2022. Uh, Deegan's giving him, hopefully giving him another 33. I think he's got his first report card coming. And I think that's going to be a key, an indicator of milestone of what he's going to do. I go on and feel safe. I get it. But, you know, we are still viewed as the epicenter of crime. And there's got to be some measurements and there's got to be some results for over $500 million that's being spent. And, and let's, I, let's see what, let's go to the video and look and see and, and listen to what he said about needing more cops. Because he did say, whatever, all that we just talked about, Mike, all these additions he he's already gotten, and the fact that he's got vacant positions right now with money, he still said that wasn't enough. Play that video, please. With this data-driven uh, realignment, we now have a clear sense of a number of officers that we need to adequately serve this city, and the data doesn't lie. We need 216 new police officers to appropriately staff each police service district. This isn't a short. Uh, this is not a shoot from the hip or a pie in the sky number. Well, you know, you think about the history of all this. I don't have a recollection of sheriffs being turned down too many times when they've asked for more. Uh, 
And it, again, I think the measurements are going to be critical. I think people are going to want to have to know, want to know. Council members should want to know. We spend all this money. We give you all these officers. How are we going to tell if it's working? How are you going to communicate to us? Tell us why and how it's going to work before we do all that. Hopefully, well, that's think, what will happen in the budget process. And I think I think the other follow-up to that, Mike, is what is it that we are going to be looking for? What is the public really looking for? Uh, yeah, more police officers looks good, like you said. Even fancy new automobiles, they look good. Uh, but the question really is, and, and one of the questions at the end of the town hall almost got to it. They referred to the jail, but this could be for his entire proposal, and that is, how do we know this is going to make Jacksonville safer? Which, in other words, means how do we know that these additional officers, these new cars, all of the other programs you want to put into place, Connect Duval, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes, and others, is this going to turn around the crime rate in Jacksonville so that we are not now the crime capital of the state? And not, that was not addressed, and it wasn't even asked directly. Well, one of the things that they kept the, the sheriff and his officers, the people who spoke, said in every presentation, we won't restore trust between the public and the police. And everything that they explained they wanted to do was wrapped in that, which is a good thing. Yes. Uh, but that was, that was their mantra. That was their mantra. The, um, the, the connect Duval with all the surveillance cameras, people taking their home surveillance cameras and registering them with the sheriff's department for ready and easy access uh, when a crime is committed. That requires public trust. I mean, that requires the public to trust the sheriff's department to make that happen. I don't know that people will just automatically let the sheriff's department have their have workings and their security stuff without trust. So that is important. And and, they, and that just that kept coming up and coming up and coming. And I was delighted to hear that. I mean, I was thrilled to hear that they're going to get out of their cars and they're going to walk neighborhoods. Uh, I was thrilled to hear that that. Remember when Sheriff Glover was here, when he was the sheriff, he, he, he instituted community policing. Mm -hmm. And what he, one of the things he did was he put the officers' names on their automobiles. So as, as the cars rolled around, you knew who was driving what car. Yeah. Well, what Sheriff Waters has, has announced now is that, that in breaking up all these new zones and going away from the, the six zones that have been in here since, as he said, when the Jaguars came to town, they said that's too antiquated and not efficient anymore. So they go into these smaller zones. Uh, it's it's very bureaucratic, it sounds to me, but they're going to do six districts, 24 sectors, and 144 subsectors. That's a bunch. But the deal is residents are going to get a list of who's, who's policing their districts, their neighborhoods. And that's what they, that's what they said. Now, we'll see if that happens. But they're going to supply residents, neighbors, a listing of the officers who are responsible for their particular area, and that's a that's a that's a way out there, different kind of thing for sure. Which uh, from a department that's very reluctant to share body camera information, so it's a big departure. One thing that uh, that came to mind when he was talking about this connect Duval, I 
since I'm into this kind of thing anyhow, I, I, I did some research on it today. Uh, and I just went on Amazon uh, and asked, okay, how much are these cameras that people are putting on their doors? I don't have one on mine. And I found that the price was anywhere from $50 for low-end stuff to about $150. And the first thing I wondered about, as he talked about Connect Duval, and I read a story about it in the paper before the town hall, is those neighborhoods that are experiencing most of the crime in our community, these are areas of basically economically challenged neighborhoods and people. How are they going to be able to afford to go out and get a ring camera or one of the other cameras or Google Nest or whatever and, and install them so that they can participate in the program? Because you may be talking about the areas of the city that need it the most and yet don't have the resources in order to get the equipment they need to participate in the program. Let's, Mike, let's hear for a minute what he said in a video. Let's hear what he said at the town hall about Connect Duval. Can we roll that? If a crime incident occurs within the purview of these registered cameras, investigators can contact the system owners and request access to the recorded footage. This initiative will allow police to quickly gather critical evidence to which they would not have had access in the past. It also allows private citizens to partner more directly with police to provide potential evidence. Connect Duval will have many benefits. As I've explained, it will allow police a new avenue to gather evidence quickly and efficiently while allowing the public to directly elevate the safety and security of our community. Additionally, Connect Duval will strengthen the justice system. Surveillance cameras do not have private agendas. They don't have memory lapses or potential biases. They are silent electronic witnesses that can read, as, as readily exonerate the innocent as they can compound evidence against the guilty. Connect Duval will promote the use of technology in law enforcement, which allows both police work and subsequent prosecution to be more efficient, streamlined, and protective of taxpayer dollars. All right, let's, let's move on to the next subject. He, he said that on the, on the JSO website, website they're going to have an unsolved crime uh, web page uh, where they will, instead of putting information from old cases and cold cases into the storage room like they've done in the past, uh, they're going to post photos and videos and links to information, hoping the public will use that to respond and give them some tips. Now, what they said was in the first month that it's been up, they've gotten 24 identified tips. Uh, but that was another part of this this change of way of doing business. And then there were the new patrol cars. Uh, the sheriff made it sound like they went to a Ford dealer and just picked some cars off the lot. Uh, but maybe maybe the Ford dealer didn't want any more. Let's show that I video. I wish he'd stop by at my house. I got one that he could have taken. So as I, uh, those are pretty awesome. I want one. So as I, uh, as I talked about earlier, these vehicles, these vehicles were not an added cost. Simply, um, we went to Ford, found a factory color, got the factory color, and bought the decals. That's it. Let me tell you, when I bought my Crown Vet off the lot, they didn't work like that. 
<laughs> well, one one thing I would have liked to have heard, and the color was nowhere close to that. Dress work. One thing I didn't hear, which I would have liked to have heard, and that is, okay, what are these what are these new police cars going to do that other police cars of your current fleet can't do? You talk about technological advances. I mean, obviously, there's going to be cameras all around it so that they can see everything like we do with our backup cameras and stuff. But what else, what kind of technology is built into this new generation of police cars that has not been available in the past? I mean, to me, that would justify the change more than they happen to have a sleek new look. Um, what else do they do? Over, over what does yeah, it, the present car... What what the what cars are what the vehicles they're using now? What does they don't have that this will have? I it, I I don't I don't mean to preach about the money. I get all what we're trying to do, and I'm and if it helps reduce crime, particularly in certain sections of the community, but all over the section, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. But I, I keep thinking, I keep thinking of. <laughs> What the, the late economist Herb Stein made the observation about economic trends or cost trends is something can't go on forever, it will stop. Um, I, 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 if we don't see a change in the epicenter of crime, at some point, the people will say it's got to stop because I'm not getting a return on my money. And I, I don't, I, I know I'm preaching about the money, but, uh, to your point, what do these cars have that the ones that we now have don't have? It's, it's, you know, one of the interesting things that he said, he, uh, you're right. Was, there was, no, there was no presentation. Yeah, there was no presentation from them as to what, what these, how these cars are different. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I just didn't understand what, I mean, they, they, you know what it reminded me of? I mean, it was a quick. The 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 the, the uh, grill up front. I mean, it almost looked like what they refers to as what the president. They call it the beast. Because you see it rolling down Air Force One or Air Force Two <laughs> when he travels. Kind of remind me of this thing that you use, like the beast, small the beast or something. You you know go out in the jungle with. I, I again, if it well the number the one trunk. the num the number one reason they that he gave for getting these new cars that I I got. Was that it? It helps make the force. The police department was not because it's going to increase or enhance public safety, but because it's going to make the the sheriff's department look more modern. It's a more modern look. I think that what they want to see is a man or woman in a blue uniform close by. I don't think the car is going to make a difference. I think what they want to see is our our men and women who are really heroes in our community, they want to see that uniform. I'm not sure a car is going to make them feel any more secure. But that's, uh, that's an observation. So, uh, but again, again, I want to harp about the money. I, I, uh, I'm just concerned about the, the increase in budget, a lot of good programs, but I don't see any measurements or how we're going to how we're going to see that those those percentages go down. And there are communities, as, as we all know, there are parts of this city all over that when the sun goes down, people are scared to go outside. And uh, that, that's got to be the priority. 
This episode of Mike's on Mike was recorded prior to Sheriff T.K. Waters announcing that they were ending the contract with Armor Correctional Healthcare. The change came after the state announced in the story for the tributary that it had opened an investigation into Armor because of the healthcare provider being convicted in the death of an inmate in Milwaukee in 2022. Florida law prohibits cities from contracting with vendors convicted of a crime. I guess the next question for the sheriff is, is what's next? And that's going to be the finance committee and the city council. Uh, I would I would guess he's got a lot of friends over there, but there's going to be a tug of war for money. And I would hope that they're going to do some hard questioning about, about measurements, about how are we going to know if this is working? Tell us how we're going to know that. When will we know that? And I think that's I think that's critical to all this. There's a lot of money. And and again, like I said earlier, the I don't recall sheriffs having too much of an issue getting the money they asked for. Budget after budget after budget after budget. Uh, and it was like Curry opened up the vault uh, for the sheriff when he was there. Uh, so I was just going we're going to see what happens next. You know, one of the, uh, the last things they talked about, one of the things he talked about was a new jail. Uh, and we we talked about that, I think, a little bit last week when we, when mm-hmm. we did this. Uh, but there is a movement to get this off the uh, off the river. But he wants a new jail. Let's let's roll that video. How will a new jail make Jacksonville safer? So you know, when you think about a new jail, these are all these are all good questions. Thank you. When you think about a new jail. You look at it when you ask a question like, how do you keep Jacksonville safer? My responsibility as sheriff of Duval County is to make sure that any inmate in the Duval County jail system is safe, secure, and has a place that where they can wait for the legal process to take its place. We cannot have a, a jail that's dilapidated, that's outlived its usefulness, and it's a problem for our inmates and our police and our corrections officers. It really is. It can't be unsafe. You can't, cannot, we cannot, we can no longer have a jail that's overcrowded. We can no longer have a jail where things are not working the way they're supposed to work. We can't have a jail on a location where it floods if there's a bad enough storm. We just can't. So there's a lot of safety issues, but a lot of the safety issues are about the people that are inside there. And it's my responsibility to make sure that they're safe and we're working to do that. I would say one thing in, in response to uh, his last point, uh, and that was an article that came out uh, actually on Tuesday uh, from the tributary in Andrew Patanzi, who asked the question that if we don't get the medical issue taken care of in the jails, we're really going to have a problem. Uh, Andrew did a, an article in tributary news about uh, the number of people who have either died while they were in jail uh, or died after getting out of jail, and it was attributed to the lack of medical care that these inmates needed and didn't get. So while the sheriff did not address that today, and it might not have been uh, the, the proper place to do it anyhow, but if they're talking about the dilapidating conditions of the jail and the other issues that are, that are making it obsolete, I think they also need to take a look at getting internal issues taken care of as well, including the medical needs of the inmates and make sure that they're met so that we don't have these catastrophic situations as we have seen over the last few years. 
And this is not just, by the way, a Sheriff Waters problem. This has gone back prior to his administration. This has gone back, but in the recent years, and particularly in just the last year, we have seen a documented increase in the number of prisoners uh, med uh, medical-related deaths. Yes. So I, my, my question, again, not to be cavalier, you know, is a new jail going to address that issue? Well, my memory is, it's not a good memory, but my memory is not too long ago, someone died in the jail for lack of being given the medication they needed to stay alive. And that brought about some, a story or two in the, in the press about the company that has the contract for medical services in the jail. And my memory is that that particular company has no multiple contracts across the country. And there's continuous issues all around the country with this particular firm. I don't know what the resolution of that has been or if there will be a resolution. But that I'll do a little research on that in the next few days. And maybe that's something we can, we can go into a little bit more when the time is right. Yeah, but the, I, but yeah. I do recall the person that. you were talking about, Mike Tolbert, was Dexter Berry, uh, who was 54 years old, went two days in jail with the, without anti-rejection medications for his heart transplant and died after he was released. Um, the city of Jacksonville has an in-house medical care program from Armor. Uh, that's the name of the company, Armor. And uh, they just yeah. signed a new five-year extension on their contract last October before... T.K. Waters became sheriff, but nevertheless, this company, Armour, that's, that obviously is responsible for the well-being of the inmates, um, has just won another lucrative contract for the next five years. And I'm wondering if we shouldn't revisit that or he shouldn't revisit that, considering the number of people who have either died or become very ill because of a lack of medical attention while they were incarcerated. Well, uh, to, to, to the sheriff's credit, though, he, he, that article, what happened when that was done, he did say that that was before his watch right. and he was going to do, he, he said that was going to be a priority of doing some investigation. He's talked about transparency. It will be interesting to see after he's done his internal investigation, what, what his recommendation is. Uh, and if I remember, and if I remember correctly, that contract that they signed is almost, I think it's like 97, 97 or $93 million for five years. So, but, but he did say that it was before his time but he would do some investigation. So it's one of those issues. It, it goes back. Uh, we've, uh, to, to Mike Talbert's uh, concern, when you look, it's the first time we've ever had, ever had a, a public town hall on, uh, from the sheriff's office. They get kudos for that. What they need to do is we need some meat off the bones. We need some meat on this thing. And then we need some uh, measurements. And then we need, uh, I think, if not annually or biannually, we need to have some reports to say the money that has been allocated and has been spent. These are the results that we see. A report card. All right, gentlemen, that wraps it up for episode number three. Thank you both. Um, Thank you all, guys. We'll be back again next week. We hope you'll look for us. We're either on YouTube. You can find us there on Facebook. Uh, and please send us what your thoughts are, be they good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, we want to hear from you Thank you all very much for joining us on Mike's on Mike, Mike and we'll see you again. Y'all take care. Thanks. Mike, Mike, Appreciate Mike, it. Mike.